Hello, and welcome to the Claremont Bible Fellowship Bible Instruction Time. We now turn you over to our speaker for the day. At this time, we're happy to return to the remains of our Bible Instruction Time over to our brother, Mike Bishop. I'd like you to take your Bibles. We're going to read a couple of passages to get back to our study that we introduced earlier, Accepting One Another. Uh, turn to Romans 14, if you would, first of all. Romans 14, 1 through 4. Romans 14, 1 through 4. And these are very important passages in regard to our study. It says this, Now accept the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. One person has faith that he may eat all things. But he who is weak eats vegetables only. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt to the one who does not eat. And the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats. For God has accepted him. Who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or falls. And he will stand for the Lord is able to make him stand. And then if you would just go over uh, one chapter to chapter 15, Romans 15, and just a verse here, notice it says, therefore accept one another just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. Boy, that's a theme today, isn't it, brother? Uh, Don, just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. All right, let's just pray for a moment. Father, again, we ask for your help as we study your word about accepting one another. Uh, Make it real to us, Father. Make it relevant. Uh, Apply it to us by your Holy Spirit. Uh, And we trust him to do that by his power today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I ended, kind of ended our little introduction with this little statement. I said, therefore, to not accept one another is totally against the entire plan of God. And we we're talking about the body of Christ and being made members of the body of Christ and, and the family of God. Um, and uh, as we look at that, these two statements that we've just read in, in Romans 14, these two passages in Romans 14 and 15, Uh, They're both in the context, within a context of a problem that the Apostle Paul was dealing with, both in the church at Rome and uh, the church at Corinth. At the church at Rome uh, and at Corinth, there were believers in it from, in those assemblies, from all different backgrounds. We understand that, especially in terms of uh, Rome and Corinth being such huge cities and and, uh, diverse cities with diverse people there. And uh, all different backgrounds, especially religious backgrounds. You had converts who had come out of paganism, for one thing, and pagan religions, as well as converts who had come out of Judaism. And because of their diverse backgrounds, each of them was very sensitive to what other Christians did uh, and to the practices of other Christians. And there were some things that really bothered them or offended them. And that's kind of what we read about here in Romans 14 and 15. Um, 
And as we think about it, some Jewish believers evidently decided to eat vegetables only, not wanting to defile themselves uh, and staying close to the Mosaic law and the dietary laws. Um, They did not want to eat food that either had been sacrificed to idols or food that was not kosher, according to uh, the Mosaic law. On the other hand, other believers felt free to eat any kind of food, okay? Um, so you had that little problem uh, and that little cause for division. In the Romans 14 passage, you have a discussion of the weaker brother. And we want to talk about that for a few minutes. The weaker brother and the stronger brother, 1 Corinthians chapter 8 discusses the same uh, concept. The weaker brother as I understand it from scripture, is one whose conscience is easily defiled, one who has not yet uh, come to understand his freedom in Christ, who does not yet have a full knowledge of how to live as a Christian and how to enjoy that freedom. In this case, the weaker brother was very legalistic, very legalistic, believing that it was wrong to eat meat because it had been sacrificed to idols. And typically what they did in the pagan temple, uh, they, would, they would make double use of that meat. They would sacrifice it to idols and then they'd put it in the meat case and sell it, you know. And so if Christians knew that you went out and bought a pot roast at the pagan temple meat shop and you were eating that stuff, then that really bothered some people. Uh, and that was kind of the idea and what was going on historically, um, So there was this legalistic brother, weaker brother. It was wrong to eat meat. It had been sacrificed to idols. And he thought he should eat vegetables only. But the stronger brother is one who is spiritually strong and mature, who understands that he's no longer bound by certain dietary laws. And that's made clear in the book of Acts as Peter had his vision of the sheet coming down. And you you know the story there. Um, so he, the stronger brother knew he was not bound to these dietary laws. He realizes that it's okay to eat any kind of food, whether it had been offered to an idol or not. It was just a piece of meat, you know. It had no particular um, defilement to it in and of itself. That did not bother his conscience to eat that, that meat. So that's kind of the background here for Romans 14, 1 through 15, 7. And if you'll study that passage further, you'll find out that the burden of responsibility was on whom? It was on the stronger brother. The burden of responsibility was upon the stronger brother. That is the one who is mature and knowledgeable and he understands that the old dietary laws Uh, no longer applied as far as the laws of Judaism. They are no longer in effect under the new covenant. And, And the temptation you see was this. The temptation was for the stronger brethren not to accept the weaker legalistic brother. And it was really a temptation for both, for the legalistic brother not to accept the stronger brother. Uh, So it worked and went both ways. Uh, Again, because one thought it was wrong to eat certain kinds of foods. And so Paul is saying, accept, that is receive into your fellowship the weaker brother. Don't judge him. Don't condemn him. Don't regard him with contempt. Be patient with him as he grows spiritually to that point where he has a good understanding of his 
true biblical freedom in Christ. That was the responsibility of the stronger brother, to be patient with the weaker brother. Don't you judge the one who does eat certain kinds of foods. That was the idea. I think back to when I was a younger believer, much younger. This is, I don't know, 40, maybe 40, 45 years ago. Um, we went out for dinner, Nona and I did, to a restaurant in our, in our town in Wisconsin where we lived. And I saw a brother having, wife, having dinner with his wife and uh, having wine with his dinner. And that really bothered me at the time because I was saved out of a background of uh, alcoholic parents and alcoholic re- uh, relatives and lots of alcohol and drinking and all that stuff. And I didn't like it when I saw other Christians drinking, even if it was just wine with their dinner. Now, I've come to understand, and if you disagree, I'm sorry. I've come to understand that the Bible does not teach 100% total abstinence from alcohol, even though I personally choose not to drink alcohol, okay? Um, But I don't judge another brother, and you'd be surprised how many, many, many missionaries uh, from the assemblies there are in the foreign field who drink wine with their dinner, you know? Uh, But it really bothered me when I saw that, and I was offended by that. Um, But I shouldn't have been, and I've come to understand from Scripture, that brother, he wasn't drunk or anything like that. He just had a glass of wine with his dinner, and he felt the freedom to do that in the Lord. Uh, So we look again. We are to accept one another. That's what Paul's saying to the weaker brother and the stronger brother. Both of you accept one another. Why should we accept one another? Why should we do that? Well, Paul gives the reason twice in this passage. Notice Romans 14, 3 again. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat. And the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats for God has accepted him. And then verse 7, Romans 15, 7 tells us, Therefore accept one another, just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. So the reason we are to accept one another is why? Because God has accepted us. Amen? He has saved us. He has accepted us. Uh, and Romans 15, 1 and 2 I think of, you know, talks about our justification. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exalt in hope of the glory of God. Because of what Christ has done for all of us via salvation and redemption, all genuine believers are accepted by God. You say, even the ones that sin? Well, I hope so, because we all still sin from time to time, don't we? We all still blow it. We all still fail. In fact, Ephesians 1.6 says that we are accepted in the beloved. Accepted in the beloved, in the Lord Jesus Christ, in other words. <clears throat> now, before we go any further in talking about accepting one another, I want to define the term and illustrate its meaning just Briefly from scripture, okay? The NASB translates a Greek word for accept or receive, proslambano. If you're into that, into the Greek, proslambano, it translates it as accept. 
however, the King James and the New King James translate the word receive one another. The New King James says, therefore, receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. That's Romans fifteen seven. And both words, accept and receive, they're synonyms. They mean the same thing, basically, in English. But this Greek word, proslambano, is an intensified form of the Greek word lambano. And uh, your little Greek lesson here today, free of charge, is this. In the Greek language, when they took a verb and they put a preposition in front of it, it intensifies the verb, okay? So lambano is the verb. They put a preposition, the word pros, in front of it, pros lambano. It intensifies it to make it mean this. It means to take to oneself or to receive a person as a friend or to treat as the closest of friends with the most caring kindness. That's proslambano. Because of our spiritual oneness in Christ and as brothers and sisters in the same family of God, believers are to receive and accept one another in the closest of bonds. Because we're brothers and sisters, amen? We're in the same family of God. And how are we to receive or accept one another? Uh, well, look at it again, Romans fifteen seven. Just as Christ also received us to the glory of God, in the same manner, to the same degree, in other words. That's the idea, just as he did, just as he does. As one brother said, and in fact, this brother is John Phillips, if you're familiar with John Phillips, who was a great preacher in the assemblies and, and a Bible teacher and commentator, he, he says, the Apostle Paul reminds us that Christ has received us with all our foibles and failures, with all our own weaknesses and wickednesses, with all our own lack of loveliness, defects of character, and spiritual infirmities. He has received us. How can we close the doors of fellowship to someone else who is genuinely saved, but who has different problems? The Spirit of Christ demands that we extend to all believers the hospitality of the Lord's table and the warmth of the local fellowship. End of quote. That's a great quote, isn't it? It really lays it out. I would add to that something, that our Lord also demands that we extend to all believers genuine love, the love of God, affection, friendship, personal hospitality, which he talked about, and fellowship, because that, beloved, is what our Lord has extended to us. Again, we're accepted in the beloved. Now, there is one exception, and we want to be careful to think, think about this properly. There is one exception to this, and that's when we're dealing uh, with maybe a church discipline situation, someone that's living in sin, a believer, fellow believer that's living in sin, it's unconfessed, they are unwilling to repent of it. We've had to deal with some of this up north recently. Um, and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, we'll just welcome them with open arms in that kind of situation. And we, we know from the various scriptures, Matthew 18 and Galatians 6 and 1 Corinthians 5, various scriptures, how we are to deal with fellow believers who refuse to repent of their sin. Um, and, and that's a whole other subject, church discipline. But I think that's the exception to the rule in terms of what we're talking about here. Uh, 
as we think about this, if we are to accept and receive one another, how does the Bible not only define the term, which we've already done, but how does it illustrate the term? Let me show you just a couple of things, uh, just a few brief examples. You remember that when Apollos began to speak out boldly in the synagogue, Priscilla and who? And Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila lovingly, the Bible says, New American Standard says, took him aside, proslambano, accepted him, received him. They didn't reject you. You're not teaching right. No, they received him. You see the difference there? They received him into their fellowship, but they wanted to help him. And the Bible says that they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more clearly. That's Acts 28, 16. That is, they received him into their fellowship and with love and kindness, they explained to him the way more accurately, more clearly. Acts 28, 2. Another example, after Paul's ship had been shipwrecked, wrecked off the coast of Malta, Paul says that the natives showed us extraordinary kindness for because of the rain that had set in and because of the cold, they kindled a fire and received us, proslambano, received us all. They were hospitable. They made them welcome. They received them it's, it's an amazing term. So Paul uses this same word. Another example, imploring Philemon to lovingly take back, receive, accept who? Remember the story? Onesimus, right? Onesimus, that runaway slave. And in Philemon one seventeen, he says, if then you count me as a partner, receive, there's that word, receive him as you would me. Receive him just as you would me, the Apostle Paul. Accept, this acceptance and reception of one another is to be genuine, is to be heartfelt, is to be sincere. Not merely some kind of quasi-Christian Sunday morning only uh, when I go to church politeness. You know what I mean by that? Or how you doing, brother? How you doing, sister? And you're smiling and, and in your heart you can't really stand the person, you know, or whatever. That sometimes, in some places, happens, unfortunately. Uh, So when we think about this, instead of that, we are to receive one another. uh, And that reception, that love, that acceptance is to emanate from a heart of genuine spirit-produced love and acceptance. Uh, So I would ask this question. I'm compelled to ask myself as well as each of you, what kind of love and acceptance do I extend to my brothers and sisters? Each Lord's Day or any, any day for that matter. What kind of love and acceptance do you extend to your brothers and sisters? Is it true and genuine and from the heart? Or is it some other kind? Uh, That is, is my acceptance and my reception of other believers first internal from the heart, the attitude, and then external in my actions? Do I accept and receive my brothers and sisters just as my Lord has accepted me? That's the standard. That's the standard. John 13, 34, New Commandment. I give to you that you love one another just as I or even as I have loved you that you also love one another. How did Christ love us? Well, for one thing, he died for us. 
There's the standard, the Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us. He loved us so much and in such a way that he accepted us into his kingdom and into his household. He welcomed us with open arms. That's the standard of the Lord Jesus. And he has done so even though every single one of us still sin, like I said before, and still fail and still blow it spiritually from time to time. In fact, the Bible says that even though we still do all those things, he is not ashamed to call us brethren. Amen? He's not ashamed to call us brethren. Hebrews 2.11. Therefore, since God has accepted us to the glory of God, we are to receive and accept one another to the glory of God. Um, Hear it again. The word of God says that we are to accept one another just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. You know, Christ doesn't accept us only if we meet certain conditions. Now, there's some Christians out there that think that. Or only uh, if we keep a certain performance standard. Now, our communion with him can be affected when we sin, obviously. Uh, Our partnership can never be affected. It's an eternal one. Our relationship with him is eternal. Um, He still accepts us. But there's something in Hebrews 12 called discipline, isn't there? The Lord disciplines those whom he loves, and and he does deal with us as his children, but he doesn't reject us. He doesn't reject us. Keep that in mind. Uh, So his love and acceptance of us are both unconditional, and uh, they're both of these things. They're um, unconditional, and they're impartial. Uh, He's not a respecter of persons. He never is. Uh, For us to have this attitude then that causes us either to accept or reject people based on, as we talked about earlier, based on your uh, cultural, social, or racial background, or your hobbies, or your interests, or your musical tastes, or your food tastes, or your financial status, or occupation, or personality, or anything else. Brothers and sisters, that's just plain wrong. Okay, Pure and simple. Now, granted, he's still working on us to change us and to conform us into his image, isn't he? That's what spiritual growth is all about. That's what progressive sanctification, as we call it, is all about. Um, And please realize, again, I would just qualify what I'm saying. I'm not talking about accepting blatant and outright sin, unconfessed sin, or false teachers. Okay, We had to deal with a false teacher recently up north. And, and that's a problem, you know. We're not talking about accepting that. Um, but remember what we read there in Romans 14. Uh, it talks about there, there were some Christians that would even observe certain days, certain holidays. And there were those who didn't believe you should observe those holidays. Just like today, we have people that, you know, I sang a song this past uh, few weeks ago when it was Christmas time up north, and uh, come on, ring those bells. You know that song? Come on, ring those bells. Light the Christmas tree. Oh, did I get in trouble from one gentleman on that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so obviously he didn't get into Christmas trees, I guess. So, um, But I was in trouble. But notice what Paul says here, Romans 14, 6. He, said, he talks about the brother who observes a special day. That's what he's talking about observes it he who observes a special day observes it for the lord 
And he who eats does so for the Lord. For he gives thanks to God, and he who eats not for the Lord, he does not eat and gives thanks to God. You see, both do or do not do uh, those things with the motive of pleasing God. They're convinced in a certain way that one thing's right or another thing's wrong, and their motive is to please God, and that's a good thing. You know, even though they may not understand yet their freedom in Christ and that type of thing. Um, It's like a guy I, I knew... Uh, it's many years ago again, but for some reason, because of my schedule, I, I was working on a project where I needed some, some lumber. And for some reason, the only day that would work for me was a Sunday afternoon to, to purchase this lumber. And I asked this brother if I could borrow his, he had a work van that you could haul lumber in. Could I borrow your van and pick up this lumber at the lumber store? It was open Sunday afternoon. Well, I didn't know his beliefs, his convictions, and um, it was his conviction that it would be wrong to do that on a Sunday, and it would bother his conscience if he knew that I was using his van to do that on a Sunday, okay? Well, you know, I disagreed with his view, but I, I still accepted him as a brother, and he accepted me as his brother. It didn't cause a conflict with us at all. You know, I respected his wishes. And I said, well, I'll do it on Monday or Tuesday or whatever, a different day. Uh, and, and we worked it out. Um, so the Lord, why did I do that? You know, why, why could we still be friends and not have a problem? Because I knew the Lord had accepted him and the Lord had accepted me. And uh, we, we worked it out. So keep that in mind. Uh, I think we have to remember when we're dealing with those kinds of things. Again, we're talking about the family of God. We're talking about believers in the family. And um, we need to recognize that we are all at different levels of spiritual maturity with different levels of spiritual knowledge and biblical knowledge and handle it that way. Okay? So it's in that context. We're talking about the family of God and how to treat one another and uh, when we accept one another again, God is glorified. Now, when Christ accepts us, it means, just to remind you, it means that he receives us into his life, into fellowship with him, into a relationship with him. And that's what this word proslambano is really all about, to receive one another. And we are to, with humility, do the same thing. Um, you know, I'll give you a quick example. Let's say that I come knocking at your door at 11 o'clock at night. During a blizzard. You say in Florida? Well, you never know these days. It could happen, right? Well, let's say it's not a blizzard. Let's say it's cold, though. It's about 35 degrees and rainy, and my car has broken down, and I come knocking at your door asking for help, you know? I've walked two miles in the cold rain to get to your house, and uh, I need some help. Um, well, you can either say yes or no. You can, if you say yes, then you would be accepting me, receiving me into your home, into your fellowship, into your life, into a relationship with you and your family. And I'm sure you'd cook me a great meal right then and provide me a nice warm bed. And I don't know, I don't know what you would do, but um, hint, hint, if it ever happens. Uh, <laughs> but knowing you folks, I'm confident that you would do the right thing. Because I, I know you folks. I, I know you're hospitable. I know you do the right thing. Um, all that we've been describing here starts with an attitude and it, it issues in action, right? 
uh, it's the love and acceptance of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I won't go into it now, but you, you've probably studied it before, knowing Mideast customs. And when they receive someone, you know, into their home, uh, I mean, they just, it, it's a reception that, you know, includes a meal, it includes a place to sleep, it includes all kinds of things. And uh, I think you're getting the idea, the attitude here. Um, now, uh, sometimes I've heard Christians say this, well, I just don't like so-and-so. Have you ever heard a Christian say that? You don't need to raise your hand. <laughs> I just don't like so-and-so. Because of their personality, because of their looks, because of their musical tastes, because of whatever, food, I don't know, whatever it is. Uh, let me tell you, brother and sister, you don't have to like so-and-so. You have to love them, and so do I. I once heard somebody say, you can pick your friends, but you're stuck with your relatives. <laughs> eternal relatives, the eternal family of God, the forever family of God, that's what we're a part of. And there are brothers and our sisters and, uh, you know, you say, but Mike, they have habits and personalities and quirks uh, that I, you know, I just don't like. And they're just plain weird. And I, I've thought, well, aren't we all? <laughs> you know, aren't we all? No offense. Uh, but maybe a better term than weird would be unique. We are unique by God's design. Amen. None of us look alike. It's a good thing. You know, for your sake, they don't look like me. <laughs> None of us look alike. Uh, we don't sound alike. We don't do things alike. No, God made us all so, so different. Um, and if God had chosen me based on my habits and personality and quirks, I would have been lost forever, you know, for sure. Um, so let's keep that in mind. Um, I'm going to close here in just a sec. I think of this, though, the Lord loved me and saved me and accepted me, even though I was sinful, unlovely, and quite peculiar, frankly, you know. He, and being omniscient, he knew everything about me, and he still accepted me. What a wonderful truth that is. To the glory of God, by the way. To the glory of God. So may we accept one another, just as Christ also has received us, accepted us, to the glory of God. Dr. Horatio Benar, songwriter, hymn writer, he once said that he could tell when a Christian was growing. He said, quote, In proportion to his growth in grace, he would elevate his master, talk less of what he himself was doing, and become smaller and smaller in his own esteem, until like the morning star, he faded away before the rising sun. End quote. That's spiritual growth, isn't it? Isaiah 66.2, God said, For my hand made all these things, thus all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to this one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit, and who trembles at my word. May it be so with us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for accepting us when we were so unacceptable, living in sin, defiled, dead, spiritually dead, just so many things wrong with us, Father. 
yet as we exercised faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you made us acceptable in the beloved. You received us into fellowship with yourself. And we know that our fellowship is with your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as John talks about in 1 John. Oh, Lord, we praise you this morning. We thank you for the breaking of bread time, the worship, the praising of your name, remembering our Lord. We thank you for this, the God-breathed word of God, and uh, just thank you for what it teaches us. Help us to be this way, to live this way, to accept one another to the glory of God. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. Lord bless you.